Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher, episode 62. Have you ever heard the saying, God helps those who help themselves? Jesus would say, that is absolute nonsense. Have you ever heard the saying, be careful what you pray for? Jesus would say, that is absolute, utter nonsense. Rubbish. I mean, so many things we have to unlearn. So many things we pick up and we have these false ideas about God and Jesus spends a lot of time breaking down our false ideas about God. And he happens to use parables to put us on the right track. Now, a parable is like a story. They're short stories, and of course, within the short story, they contain uh, spiritual truths. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of parables today from Luke 15. This is the parable of the lost sheep, which you might be familiar with, or at least you've heard about a sheep being lost, and one that probably isn't as familiar called the parable of the lost coin. Now, these stories, these parables, like I said, they tell us something about God. Either we don't know because we've never been told or we've forgotten. That's the purpose of the parables. The purpose of the stories that Jesus tells us. This was his favorite way of teaching was to tell a story, to tell a parable, because, you know, we can remember stories. So this was one of his favorite ways of teaching important truths truths that are going to help us in our everyday lives. Now, I always like to give you the context of these stories, these parables, because the context is so important when you're looking at the scripture. Anytime you read the Bible, uh, the reason that it doesn't make sense when you pick it up and flip to whatever page you want to flip to is because you're not reading it in context And oftentimes that's why people get discouraged. They think, I just don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, you have to know the context. It would be like picking up a novel and turning to page 50. Of course, you you would miss the first 49 pages, right? So the context is important. And the context in this particular case is that Jesus is being criticized by the religious leaders of his day. Now, the ironic thing is, for Jesus, the people who disapproved of him the most were what we would call the clergy of the day, the church of the day, the religious leaders. And on this particular occasion, they are complaining about him, keeping company with the wrong types of people. They're complaining that he is he's eating, first of all, with the wrong people. And in the ancient world, if you ate with someone, it, it implied that you accepted them. If you sat down at a table and ate with someone, it would mean that I accept you, you're valuable, you're important. Now, we live in a, a different time a different culture. We don't have these rules and we don't have these religious regulations about who we can eat with and who we can't eat with. But in Jesus' day, things were quite, quite different. 
So these two parables about the lost sheep and the lost coin can be read as Jesus' self-defense. It's like he's saying to these religious leaders, you really don't know God well at all, do you? You're criticizing me. You're criticizing me about who I spend time with and who I eat with. For all your study of the scripture, for all your reading, you still lack insight into who God is and what God is like. How can I help you? How can I, how can I even begin to explain to you what God is like? And he uses the story of the lost sheep. And he says, well, God's like a shepherd. God's like a shepherd who has a hundred sheep and, and God loses one sheep. The shepherd loses one sheep. And that shepherd leaves the 99 and searches for that lost one. And he searches and he searches and he searches until he finds that lost sheep. And when he finds that lost sheep, the shepherd lays it on his shoulders and carries it home and rejoices. And he comes home and he calls his friends and he has a party. And then Jesus asks the question to these religious leaders, which one of you would do that? Think about it. Which one of you would do that? If you had a hundred sheep, would you leave the 99 and go off and hunt for one? Does that make sense to you? Probably not, right? Think about it. Probably not. Some coyote could come in when you, let, you leave the 99. Who's going to look after the 99? If you had a hundred sheep and one left, would you leave the 99? Maybe not. Chances are you'd cut your losses. Chances are you'd say, well, that's too bad. That sheep's wandered off. But I've got 99 here and I need to look after them. You see, the emphasis of the parable is God isn't really like people. Big emphasis on these parables. God isn't really like people. If you were the shepherd, chances are you wouldn't leave the 99. And you know what? God isn't really like that because God's going to go after that sheep. You see, we, we, we constantly project all sorts of values and likes and dislikes onto God. This is the way we work. Whatever we like or whatever we don't like, we, we can assume that God is the same, and Jesus is saying, no, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't really work that way. In the passage, Jesus, of course, I mentioned, is speaking to these religious leaders that criticize him. And it's like, the criticism is, Jesus, we don't think you're living properly. You're not living you're not following the rules. You're not living within the religious law. Verse 2, he welcomes sinners and eats with them. That's wrong. Everybody knows this. It's wrong. He shouldn't be welcoming sinners and eating with them. It's like, well, who are sinners? Who are, who are the sinners? Right? We hardly even use that word nowadays. Who are sinners? Well, according to the religious leaders, 
Sinners were people you should stay away from. Sinners 2,000 years ago were people who didn't keep the Jewish religious laws. They were people that the religious leaders didn't approve of. They were far from God. They were off track. Jesus is saying, really? This is your understanding of God. Two nice, neat little groups. The good people on the one side and the bad people on the other side. Hmm, yeah. Well, let me give you a parable because you're way off about a shepherd who lost a sheep and the sheep is completely and utterly lost. It couldn't return even if it wanted to. I mean, you have to kind of use your imagination. Imagine if you're a sheep and there you are wandering out in the hills absolutely, truly lost. Jesus is saying that shepherd is going to go after the sheep. God isn't like people. The finder needs to find. The finder needs to find. Now, this is a different perspective that Jesus is teaching because Often in our spiritual lives, we think it's our task to find God. Jesus is saying, not necessarily, not necessarily. Oftentimes we think, well, I need to seek God. I need to find God so that I can get help, so that I can have my prayers answered, or so that I can get some guidance, or or so that I choose the right path. Now, Certainly, Jesus does teach on seeking God. I mean, that is a teaching that stands alone. Seek first the kingdom and everything else will fall into place. But here, in this teaching, he's teaching the opposite. By the way, I should mention, Jesus is very comfortable with paradox, which means that he can be teaching one thing one day and teaching the opposite thing the next day, and they're both true. Right? It depends where you are in your life and what you need at the time. In this particular teaching, he's saying, look, sometimes you just can't, you just can't get back. Sometimes you just can't seek God. You just, you just can't. See, we love to be self-sufficient, right? We love to be independent. I can do this. And we automatically take this mindset into our life with God, our understanding of God. And we think, I need to work this out. I need to pray so things will change. I need to make a plan. I need to change my difficult circumstances. I need to get help. I need to get help from God to make sense out of this suffering or this dilemma or this disappointment, I need to, and Jesus says, look, sometimes you can't. This shepherd has a need to find. This shepherd has a priority to find. The sheep couldn't get back if it tried. It couldn't get back if it tried. Yeah. This sheep is so lost it couldn't return 
Ivet tried. Now who's lost? Who's lost? Who's the sheep? Who's the sheep? I read a nice comment from Professor David Loss, and he's gave some suggestions on um, examples of lostness, which I think are great. He says, might parents who want their children to succeed so much that they wrap their whole lives around hockey games and dance recitals be lost? Obviously, the guys from the Midwest, right? Hockey games. Might the career-minded man or woman who has made moving up the ladder the one and only priority be lost? Yeah, right? Yes. Might the folks who work jobs they hate just to give their family things they never had be lost? Yes. Or the senior who has a great pension plan and, and no sense of meaning. Can you be lost? Or the teen that works so hard to just be perfect? There's so many different kinds of lostness. I don't think the categories are neat here. I, I certainly don't think it's a case of, uh, you know, believers in God are found and unbelievers are lost. And I say this because I mean, I experience this all the time myself. Of course we can get lost. We can lose our way. We can get off track. We can wander. We can get into trouble. We can get caught in terrible messes that we can't control. Everyone can be lost at various times. Everyone. Everyone. It's a common, common experience. So Professor Loss is suggesting that being lost can be Subtle. You know, it can be a subtle thing. More than obvious things like, well, okay, addiction to drugs and alcohol, yeah. We, we can see how that destroys a life. You can see how that takes its toll and causes pain and suffering to everyone, including the addict, right? You, then we would say, yeah, that person's really lost. They really need help. But I'm suggesting here that there are other types of lostness. And they might be a little, uh, they might be hidden, but they're equally damaging. We can get lost in anger. We can get lost in a critical spirit. Lost in gossip or disapproval. Certainly lost in ambition. Or envy, you know. It's like I always want what somebody else has and I never have enough. You know, these type of people. They're always looking at you know, what someone else has and needing it. Sort of like lost, always wanting more, because you're never, ever satisfied. Or have you met anyone who's, they can never be wrong? They're just never wrong. Yeah, well, it's, that's lost. You can be lost in that, and never being wrong. One of Jesus' kind of famous sayings, lines is, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The Son of Man, that was the name that he called himself. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Yeah, it's intriguing, these two parables. They're great parables, they're great stories. The lost sheep, the lost coin. Now, lost coin, this is an interesting one. 
The favourite parable, most people like the lost sheep. They're like, "Ah, I like that parable. The majority of people like the parable of the lost sheep. You know, you see this on the church windows in Europe. You'll see the shepherd and the sheep. And they're like, yeah, I like that parable. The lost coin. (laughs) I've never heard anybody say, I really like the parable of the lost coin. In fact, you might be saying, I've never even heard of the parable of the lost coin. Well, the parable of the lost coin adds another dimension, one we might not necessarily be comfortable with us, because this time the story is, Jesus says, let me tell you what God is like. God is like a woman who had 10 coins. She loses one, and she sweeps the house, and she searches high and low carefully until she finds her coin. And then she finds the coin, and then she calls her friends in, and then she has a party. Now, it's similar to the lost sheep. The finder has a need to find, but there's a little bit of added, there's an added dimension here. The coin is more helpless than the sheep. It's more helpless. I mean, at least the sheep... If I'm a sheep, at least I have some control. I can kind of wander around in my lostness. Like I'm out in the hills and I'm lost, at least I can wander. A coin. Now, this is even this is even more helpless. A coin cannot wander back. A coin can't do anything but be found. It can't call for help. It can't change its mind. It can't return. It's just stuck. It's, it's just helpless. Like I said, not a favorite parable. It's not really a favorite parable. You'll not find it on stained glass windows in the European churches and cathedrals. You'll Plenty sheep and shepherds, no lost coins. You ever thought of that? Plenty sheep and shepherds, no lost coins. Nobody wants to be like a coin. Right? Maybe we have an aversion of being that helpless and dependent. I mean, who wants to admit that they have no control? Most of us avoid this place for as long as possible. Who wants to admit that they're like a lost coin? And again, you know, I think when you think about this, I think these are common experiences. You ever found yourself in such a mess that you just can't find your way back? Lost coin. You're hidden. You feel hidden. Nobody knows you. There's no movement. You're hidden. Nobody understands. It's like you're in the dark. There's no change. You're stuck. You're like a coin under a carpet. Or you're like a coin under a dusty bed in a spare room that's never used. The room's never used. Nothing's ever changing. It's like you're lost. It's like being trapped in a loveless relationship. Or, you, or stuck in a job that you hate. Or it's like being desperately lonely and nobody knows. Or it could be, I'm worried, I'm so worried I just don't have enough money. Or I'm so scared I'll never be strong again. Or I I just don't know if I'll ever recover from this trauma. 
I don't know if I'll ever get over this abuse. I don't know if I'll ever get over this betrayal. That's lost. That's lost. That's the kind of lostness that Jesus is talking about. It's this sort of helplessness. Depression is like that. If you've ever been depressed or grief can be this way. Overwhelming. I don't know. I can't imagine how I'll get through this. I just feel so lost. Yes, it's like the coin. If you've experienced any of these things, you can relate to the lost coin. Jesus is saying, look, God is not willing to give up and stop seeking. It's simply not who she is. She's like the woman looking for the coin. The finder needs to find. This is a God who turns our house upside down. This God turns the cosmos upside down, looking until she finds. And she's never going to stop until she finds, and she always finds what she's looking for. Call it grace. Yeah, call it grace. Nobody's lost a God. No situation that we find ourselves in is somehow beyond God's help. Now, does it feel like it's beyond God's help? Yes, it often does to us. But Jesus is saying, well, look, there is a constant seeking. We may be completely unaware of what is happening, but this is the force of the universe. There is a constant drive. There is an intention. There is a push toward reconciliation. The the, the scripture uses the word redemption. There's a, a redemption of all things. That's the big picture. No, we're not always aware that God is seeking us. Yes, much of the time it can be hidden. Yes, it looks like there are some things in our lives that are absolutely hopeless, but the finder is out to find, and you can be sure that this finder always finds what she's looking for. This is, this is what God is like, Jesus is teaching. Whatever you feel helpless against, one is with you who is far from being helpless. There is the heart cry, thank you that I am never lost to you. Thank you. I am not a lost cause. (laughs) I am never lost to you, God. You can help me and you make it your priority to find me. Now that's hope. That's hope, isn't it? Thank you for joining me. You've been listening to a Celtic preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.